Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. All righty. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us on this fine day in September. I don't remember what day it is. It is the 10th. It's the 10th. We're recording this on the 10th. So you'll hear this on the 11th. On my birthday. Or whenever else you look this up. But, yes. uh, oh, tomorrow's your birthday? Tomorrow is my birthday. And uh, what oh, year were you man. born? 2000. Not two, 2001, because that would be... Not the year. Not the year. But the year before. The I was the before. prediction. Oh. You were the you prediction. You were the herald? That's, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, tomorrow's your birthday. We're going to have to... You might want to introduce who you're even talking to. Yeah, this is Shanoa. Hello, This everyone. is Shanoa. Shanoa's been going to our church for a while now. Uh, a little bit. Four months. Four months. Just about. She's relatively fresh, wet behind the ears to Mission yeah. Ridge. We haven't, like, corrupted her completely yet. No, um, I was corrupt before I got here. Okay, well, then there's, then there's that. <laughs> and then we got Rob Croyle. Hello. And uh, your lovely host, Logan Daly, because um, I'm always the host. Yes. Ha! Ha! You're stuck with me. <laughs> Mainly because I don't think anybody else will make us do this. <laughs> nope. I mean, if Josh had the time, he might. Oh, yeah. Josh Josh would do this if he had the time. But he's busy now as a college student. I know. I've been his mom for the past, like, two weeks. Oh, man. Just dragging him around. Yeah. Chauffeuring. Yeah. Sucker momming it up. Oh, yeah. man. So good. I hemmed his pants last night. Yesterday, in my free time, I patched his knee in his pants. Unbelievable. I'm on the mom level right now. What a catch. Uh, for those of you that don't know this, Shanoa and Josh are dating. Um, so that there's a little context for that. This is definitely but the first time I'm hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is, this is going to work out well. Uh, this is great. So today... He should take me out on a date. <laughs> Did you hear that, Josh? Feeling some pizza right now. Oh, man. Feeling pizza. Hashtag honest. Oh, man. There you go. Uh, But despite all of this banter at the beginning that we're probably just deflecting already because we we really just don't want to talk about what we're talking about today, um, we are talking about vulnerability and authenticity today. Specifically, a lot of... I'm looking at the list of things we're talking about, and it's just a lot of vulnerability. Um, so if I run screaming from the room, that's why. That's okay. I'm here for your support as well as mine because I know you this. and me both are we terrible at being vulnerable. Uh, we were talking about this at Care Group last night, and then Josh group. suggested that you jump on the podcast today, I think. It was uh, Mike who suggested it. That's right. And then you were like, yeah, you should. And I was like, uh, sure. And then, and then I, Josh's face was shock. Yeah, I didn't get to see it, and I'm really disappointed that I it didn't was, get to see his face. Instant Replay looked a little bit like this. For those of you that can't see me, I looked like the Home Alone kid who just put like the the, the shaving cream stuff on his face. Yes. <clears throat> what is it? Oh, it, aftershave. Scared. That's the stuff that burns. Aftershave. I yeah, wouldn't shaving know. Cream. I, I'm trying to picture you putting shave, shaving cream on your face. That that picture was funny to me. <laughs> all up in the beard. Uh, all right. So enough deflection. There's a there's a term. Let's talk. Let's talk, get, let's let's talk vulnerability. Yeah. So, Rob, you wanted to start off with a 
story from Jim Putnam. Yeah, so I, you know, in my sermon Sunday, the uh, I, I talked about a story of of a pastor that went to a senior pastor and said, "Hey, we're struggling in our marriage, and uh, who can we talk to on staff?" And the pastor said, "Can't." can't do that. You can't talk to anybody on staff. They can't know this is going on. And so, okay, then who can we talk to in town? Who do you recommend? And again, the answer is no, you can't do that. We can't, you have to, you have to look perfect. You have to look, you can't have any sort of flaws if you're a pastor. Right. It's rule number one. Right. And so, you know, that it just highlighted a a church culture that uh, some churches foster. Um, and it's a church culture that Jim Putman wanted to have an antidote to. Mm. And so in in his pursuit of relational discipleship, uh, vulnerability has become uh, a staple of the real-life churches, and we're a real-life church plant. And, and I want to share this story out of uh, Jim Putman's book, The Power of Together, because even if you have the right culture, it's still not easy to buy into. Hmm. And so Jim says this, not long ago, I called a man who had been missing from church for two weeks. And after several attempts, I reached it, reached him. I told him I'd missed him and asked if he was okay. He said he was fine, just busy. But something sounded different about his voice. And this, you know, this, this come from a, a relationship, like Jim knows his voice well enough to know that there's something going on here. I prodded him with more questions. Finally, he broke. He told me things had been rough at work and the pressure was straining his marriage. He hadn't been at church for the last few weeks because he couldn't put on his game face. And so even if you, even if we choose to create a culture within Mission Ridge Church, it still takes that individual effort to uh, to buy into that culture, but it's still going to be hard. I mean, it's challenging. Sure. You know, we feel like our mistakes, like I've been a Christian for 33 years, and sometimes I'm so frustrated with some of the things I still, you know, tend to do at times, and my automatic responses to certain situations, and, and um, that's... I don't always want to talk about those kinds of things. Sure. there's. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit last night uh, when we were discussing this, of that shame. Shame plays into this. And the idea that we have to cover that up. Um, sure, I might go to God and talk with stuff and be. I might be okay with God, but I've still got that shame because I haven't actually let myself go. Like, I haven't let it go. Like, I'm still holding that over my own head. Right. Um, but the need to... To let go of that and be okay in a community, and that you know when you do talk about this stuff with other people, when he when this guy talked about this with Jim, um, I'm reading into it, but I I would hazard a guess that there was probably a weight that came off of his shoulders. Oh, you bet, <clears throat> you Just, bet. And and Jim didn't like jump on this. I'm guessing. I, I wasn't there for this, but. Uh, he probably didn't jump on this guy and be like, ah, well, blah, 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 and just start fixing him. He probably was like, that sucks. Right. Right. Yeah. And the times that I've had people do this for me, both at real life and my, my dad, you know, we started going to 
real life because of my parents. And my dad was someone that would hold me accountable. And there were, you know, most of the time I would go to him, but every so often he would come to me. I think (laughs) what I found out later in life is that uh, my wife would talk to my mom. My mom would talk to my dad. My dad would come and talk to me in such a way so as to draw out the conversation like, like, like it was my idea. Um, so that's, that's brilliant. A, that's a loving dad right there. But, um, but you know, there's so many times where I was afraid of that conversation. It wasn't because of the way my dad responded. In fact, it was in spite of the way that I saw my dad respond over and over again. And, and I was just, but when I experienced that grace again, you know, and so it's a, I think there's uh we do have these experiences. We're talk we'll talk about this a little bit later in this podcast. We do have these experiences that sometimes overshadow what we know is really gonna happen if we go to someone sure, you know, with 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 what's going on. That's a reality. But there's also reality that sometimes we're just, you know, that that little voice in our in our head is just lying to us. Definitely. And I know that I, since I wasn't raised on the church, I had just this thought of the churches that I have been to, they didn't have this sense of community like Mission Ridge does. And I know now that I hear that story, I would assume that in that church setting, they would want to help out uh, their fellow community, especially if there's someone that's struggling within it and it just shocks me that that isn't a part of just like regular uh church culture anymore and you don't see it as often as you think that you should yeah and i think it comes back to that's why i tied in the the story about obedience is that the lens or is loving your neighbor is that the lens mm-hmm. so if the if obedience is the lens of how do you obey god uh, or how do you love God? If obedience is the lens that we look through, then then every time you don't obey, I, my job is to call that out in you. I need to fix you. I need to fix you. But if love is the is the lens, and 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 please don't hear that obedience doesn't matter. Obedience does matter. Sure, it absolutely matters. Like it makes a difference. But it's it's which one you're going at first. Right. If if loving your neighbor is a lens by which we tell how well, um, then when I see something within you, I'm going to come alongside you and help you reach that, that ideal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm going to come alongside you and be there. And there was, there's been a number of times where God's come to me and go, Rob, why is it that you ask your kids to do stuff and you don't help them to do it? Mm. I'm like, Oh, Actually convicted. Com- yeah, because he always helps me. Like, when, whenever God asks me to do something, it's never to go someplace without him, but it's to go with him to do mm. something. And he calls me two better things. And and so that's that's our calling. It's Obedience is still part of the picture. Don't get that wrong. But it's as we love each other and realize that, yeah, we're in the same boat. Like, we... 
we have the same issues, same concerns. Huh. That um, that's redemptive. Nice, nice. Let's talk about double binds. Double binds, aka darned if you do, darned if you don't. Look, Molly's not even here, and I edited myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord! So we learned about double binds through the Genesis process. Um, I'm trying to uh, Doctor Michael Die. Is that the guy's name? Uh, he made me want to die, but I don't remember if that's his name. That's that was a bad joke. Hashtag. That's funny. Um, <laughs> I like the, the little so, hot at the end. So double bind is where let's say let's say I I have a habit of eating sugar, um, and and probably sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. The, the reason like. Mm. Like over consuming sugar, the reason why I've got this, you know, this habit is, is because there's things that I, I don't like the way I feel, and so I want to feel differently. Give myself a little endorphin rush. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, through the Genesis process, what we learned in that is is that uh, We don't like facing those things from our past that cause us to feel a certain way, and so mm-hmm. so we look for these, look towards these other things, and and the double bind is is this: continuing to eat sugar in that fashion is bad for my health. I'm gaining sure. weight, um, potential for diabetes. You know, there's there's all kinds of reasons why continuing down that path is is is, is bad for me, but it also not eating it just also feels bad. Sure, because now, so if, if let's, let's um, in this hypothetical, let's say that you're not happy with your body image and thus you start eating, you and you turn to comfort food, sugar, ice cream, gluten. I don't know, that, that one's gluten. evil nowadays, right? <clears throat> all the glutens. But so you eat all of this junk food, right? as a comfort as a, a coping mechanism because you don't you emotionally don't feel good because you don't like the way you look but because you keep feeding yourself this comfort food that you've turned into a coping mechanism well it's not going to help you get skinnier any day soon right right and thus you're 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 left in the and this is where they get the term double bind is that you've got two you've got two choices. You can either stop eating the junk food and make healthy choices, which will make you feel better, but you won't have that coping mechanism anymore. You gotta give up the coping mechanism. Which will make is, you feel worse in a different way, like physically. Sure. Like you're gonna you're gonna be hurting for a bit. Like you're gonna go through sugar withdrawals or you're you're just not gonna have that coping mechanism and you're gonna it's gonna suck for a while. It's also definitely about like immediate responses. Mm-hmm. So I know people who are addicted to online social media, people want that immediate satisfaction when they put up a post. They want to see oh, yeah. like twenty plus likes and if they don't get that, they're gonna have a bummed out day. And that's the same for sugar. Once you eat it, you're just like, man, that feels really good. And then you continue on uh, with just coping with that specific thing. And there are definitely good and bad ways of coping. And most of the bad ways include not 
sharing your vulnerabilities, which is is difficult to do. (laughs) Don't tell me I got to do that. And we will oftentimes choose the known devil. Yeah. Be like, well, I'm already, um, uh, to use the sugar one, like, my body already looks this, this way. Like, yeah, I don't like it, but at least I'm comfortable and I have my coping mechanism. Yeah, we don't and want to change. And this feels good in the moment. Yeah. As opposed to saying, like, no, I'm going to get to the root cause of this. And so choosing and vulnerability. The hard there. Choosing vulnerability is a double bind. Like, it is, it is risky. Mm-hmm. And to, to not be vulnerable is to be alone. That sucks. That hurts. That has its own, but it's a known devil. <laughs> oh man, but, I hate. No, we can't. We can't talk about this because this is me. <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> no, this is this is a double bind. Um, so like, I'm me. I don't like letting people in. I don't like trusting people. I don't like being vulnerable. I don't like putting myself in that position. Um, and so, but I also uh, on the flip side of that, I also hate being alone. Like right. Loneliness is terrible, right? But the loneliness is a known evil. Right. The loneliness, I, I, I know I know how to cope with that. I can just go work more or something. Um, that's fine. I can go stare at my fish. Uh, but the the like as opposed to the the vulnerability, like actually connecting with people actually building relationship with people that's terrifying and yeah i know that's the antidote to being lonely but that doesn't mean that i want to choose that and there's reasons it's terrible and there's and there's real reasons for why you ended up there like it wasn't just Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't a mistake or no you don't most of the time it's not accidental that you end up in in double binds um there's usually things that led in your past that led you to that place Right. The limbic system end up there. The limbic system. Yeah. So Dr. Dye talks about this as well in the Genesis process, which is a, it's a twenty week process where you build new emotional memories is, is really the uh, the reason behind the Genesis process and and it's it's replaced. So we have these emotional memories from trauma from typically from our youth. Or, or early upbringing, mm-hmm. um, not always. It could be. It could happen later in life. But we have these emotional memories, and our limbic system ev- evaluates current circumstances off of those memories. Mm-hmm. And so, as we, so if we've ever exp- responded to a little event like it was a huge event, you're probably not responding to today's event. You're responding to an event from your third grade or from your. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're two or five or, or, or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, you have these emotional memories that in, we interpret. Well, you can replace those emotional memories. And when you're, in a, when you're in a group setting through like the Genesis process, through like care group, you could start replacing those emotional memories with new emotional memories as you start to build vulnerability and relationship in care group that can replace and as you start to unpack those unpack and journey more and trust more and open up your heart more like that can 
those old memories can be replaced and you can build new patterns. And so if you're if you're listening to this podcast or listening to this weekend sermon and going, Oh, I don't think I could do that. Well you it's can not, it's not easy, but it, it it can be done. It's and it's baby steps. It it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort. And me just hearing it, I'm just like, oh, I don't wanna do that. But even this year alone, I know that I've personally grown to be more vulnerable with myself and with God even in these like last four months because I was not I had not gone to church in like two years and before then I was going to a Mormon church and which is extremely different to what I am doing now and I have learned that you have to be vulnerable with yourself and with God before you are willing to do it with other people And it's a huge realization that I've had to make because I was definitely raised on uh, you can't be weak. You have to be strong. You have to be strong for your siblings because I'm an older I'm yeah. an older sibling. You're an older sibling. We're all too, eldest right? in this yeah. room. Yep. We're all eldest. That's all so we, we allow all on know. the podcast, actually. We, we know how to take <laughs> up care of other people. We don't really know how to take care of ourselves. And right? so it's it's extremely difficult for I know me and other uh, eldest siblings to actually just take that time for yourself and to reflect on what you need to learn uh, just about the people around you and how to adapt to what you're feeling. I'm not adding you. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. That's tasty stuff right there. (laughs) You're welcome. Oh, oh. So there's double binds. There's double there's binds. A br- that's a brief introduction. Uh, if you're interested in that, we'll probably start some Genesis process groups here sometime in the near future. Or if you're somewhere else, we can help you find the resources to do that. If you're interested in doing the hard work, I'm not going to say doing the terrible work, but doing the hard work, it's worth it. Exactly. <clears throat> so Rob, to switch topics. Tell me about a marble jar. Marble jar. You had me put this on the list, but I don't really know what's <laughs> going on. All right. So Brene Brown and Oh in no, her, not in her, her again. Book uh Darren Greatly, she talks about her daughter um coming to her now. Her daughter was in elementary school and she had ser- shared something with a friend. And that friend had sh- shared that shared quote unquote shared just gone and passed that right along passed that right along forwarded and, it and pretty soon it's you know it's out on the playground or oh, you know no. it, it was kind of an embarrassing came a chain mail yeah and so she was trying to figure out Brene was trying to figure out how do I talk to my daughter about some people some people have earned your trust and other people have not and I've I've had the same kinds of conversations. You know, m- one of my daughters shared at a youth group a number of years ago, probably about five years ago now. That I think about it, and and it came back and bitter. And she came and talked to me. I'm like, I'm sorry. You should be able to share your story with with people and not have it be told like that, not have it come out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but the, the, the truth is, is not everybody has earned your trust. That you know, so if, if we think about our story being on a continuum, and and there's some parts of our story that are are, are one or two, and um, not very intimate, not very revealing about who we are. Um, doesn't take a lot of vulnerability, and then on the other end of scale, you have you have a ten. Like man, if it would be really embarrassing if someone talked about this once I shared it with them. You know, there's there's sure. this continuum, and you know, or you could think about it. You know, like in the pool, and there's the uh, the the waiting end of the pool where you get a little wet. You know, you the start kiddie, off with your ankles. The kitty pool. The kitty pool. The kitty pool of vulnerability. And then oh, yeah. there's the, that's my that's my type of pool. And then there's the diving it's a in. Splash with my toesies. You know, and then there's the end where you you can't see the bottom. Like it's just deep. Uh, hard no. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna stay out with Logan on that one. Okay. <laughs> Kitty pool time. Woohoo! So the marble jar uh, came from uh, again. Brene's daughter had this jar where they could earn marbles, and they got to by doing the right kinds of things, they got to fill up the jar. And once the jar was full, then the then the class got to celebrate. You know, mm. with with this, some kind of dessert, something along those lines, and and Brene said, you know, some people are always filling up our marble jar. They they show up to our funerals of the people that we care about. They they remember the names of grandma and grandpa. Mm. You know, they um, they ask me for help. Like they have enough humility to say, I need help too. Like there's building this, relational capital. There's mutuality. Um, they allow for interruptions. Like you could call them and go, "Hey, can I come over?" Yep. You know. And there's a buddy of mine. When I was reading a book, I had just had my dad's funeral, and I was living in Moscow at the time. But there was a buddy of mine that um, just really epitomized this. Um, his name is Eric. And Eric, I could walk over to his house. He was a few blocks away, but I could walk over to his house. It took me about three minutes to get there. Anytime I walked over, we would talk. Mm-hmm. If he was there, sometimes he wasn't, but if he was there, I could show up and we could talk. Um, I had lived in Post Falls for several years when my dad had passed. Eric was at the funeral. You know, it was just, I'm going, man, that's a guy that has, that has earned some marbles. Mm. You know, just being faithfully there. I could talk to him about things. He would come to me and ask me for help. We'd have conversations about his kids. We'd have conversations about my kids. We, You know, there's this mutual... It's a two-way street. Yeah. And so there's... Uh, when we are talking about vulnerability, like, people really do need to earn our trust. <sighs> and in very practical ways. And it's not just because we go to the same church. Sure. Yeah, you know, it's not because we're in the same care group for a year. Yeah, that's not an automatic. Right. Right. Just just being in the same room X number of times doesn't doesn't do it for you. And Brene Brown actually has this acronym called Braving. Um and the B is boundaries. You are clear about your boundaries and my boundaries. Reliability. You do what you say are going to do over and over again. Hmm. Accountability. When you make a mistake, you're willing to own it, apologize, and make amends. Vault. What I share with you, you will keep in confidence, and you keep other people's confidence as well. Sure. Integrity. Act 
in a place of integrity and invite me to do the same. Courage over comfort, right over fun, practicing your values, not just talking about them. The end is no judgment. I could fall apart without you judging me and vice versa. And then generosity. You can assume the most generous things about my words, intention, and behavior, and then check in with me. Hmm. So these, uh, this acronym... That's a huge acronym. That's a huge acronym, and it's it's pretty powerful what she's saying here, hmm. that these are the kind of people that you can be authentic with. Sure. It takes time for me to be able to see this in you. It takes time for you to be able to see this in me. Yeah. I feel like they should teach this in elementary school. <laughs> like, I it would solve a lot of problems for uh, kids growing up as adults. Oh, yeah. Because that right there is just... For me, I'm like, that should be common sense for most people, but it's surprising to see that it's not and that when you are in a vulnerable state with someone there is that possibility that they could turn around and be like yo Shanoa did this and this I can't believe like she was crying about this it doesn't even make any sense which can happen yep there you go yep that was uh yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that in that uh breathing right Oof. there. Uh the one that stuck out to me was the how was it? Uh the A, apologize and make amends. Mm. Did, did I get that right? Uh accountability. When you accountability. make a mistake, when you make a mistake, it. own it and make amends. Right. Yeah. Right. Cuz there's there's a difference there of um there's a difference between just owning it and apologizing and like, yep, that's all good. Right. But there's that next step is you have to like, you have to make amends. Um, there's a, <clears throat> there's a song that I've been, uh, it's been running through my head. Like I, I, I get songs that become like my fixation for a bit. Mm. Um, and there's this one by an uh, artist named Tyler Childers. And uh, the the third verse of the song, it's a real chill little tune, but the third verse of the song goes... Um, uh, nope, nope, nope. Hang on. I got it on the wall. <laughs> because lyrics are my favorite. <sighs> I'm really bad <laughs> at remembering lyrics. If I get started, then I would have been fine. Uh, oh, there we go. So verse three. Keep in mind that a man's just as good as his word. It takes twice as long to build bridges you burn. Mm. And there's hurt you can cause. Time alone cannot heal. Keep your nose to the grindstone and out of the pills. But that line, it takes twice as long to build bridges you burn. Like that there's there's some deep truth in that. And it reminds me when you when you this make amends bit. Like when you when you burn down a bridge you also have to clear out all of the debris before you can rebuild it. Yep. Um, if you think about if you're the world trade, the, world yeah, trade the world trade center, like when that came down, they had to clear out all of the debris and that took how long before they could rebuild anything. You got to clean out all of. And so depending on how badly you've hurt this person, 
making amends can take a long time. Right. Right. Because you got to clean that up. Like you, it's not just a, we, a lot of times we want to think of like relational capital and building vulnerability as, oh, well, I'm going to put some stuff into the bank account. Right. And I've got it in there. And then at some point I might burn you a little bit or I'll spend some capital. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. That's a terrible analogy for it. My opinion, at least. Well, and if I see in someone else their willingness to to burn a relationship and walk away, you know, and then, then they want, but they want to walk towards me. I'm like, oh, no, keep walking. <laughs> yeah, red flag. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, red flag. I mean, if you're willing to do that to that sure. person, what are you willing to do to me? Yeah. And uh, the, and I wasn't willing to do that in my youth. You know, I was. I wanted to hang on to certain relationships because of what I thought I got out of them. But I, I learned that, yeah, that, that red flag is there for a reason. Sure. And, and I should help you. Like if you are, if I'm a real friend of you, I should help you be accountable and help you make amends. Like, sure. And it's not, yeah, it's not. Don't that, walk away from that relationship. Yeah, it doesn't, it's not, once again, this is always a two-way street. It's not just a one-way, vulnerability can't be done by yourself, I, I would say. And there's, you know, you brought the <coughs> At point. At least not like, in a healthy fashion. Shinoa brought the point when we're, uh, if, if we knew how to do this from grade school, mm-hmm. you know, the, the school should have shared, well, the school didn't share those things. And now, now the church needs to come along and, and sure. share these things. And, and it means it's going to be messy sometimes. Sometimes we're not going to get it right. Sometimes, you know, I mean, just because someone shows up to care group again, doesn't mean that they're ready to uh, hold that, earn that right. And yep. so, uh, you know, you could have a group where a new person comes in and changes the dynamic for a while because you could have a group that's together for a while and, and they build some boundaries, they build some trust, they they earn the right with each other. And a then, hedge of protection. And then a, and then a new person comes <laughs> in and it kind of changes the dynamics a little bit. And sometimes people get frustrated with that. It's like, you still have that level of intimacy mm-hmm. with that person. You could... You could have that conversation one on one. You may not be able to have that conversation in the larger group in that moment, but you sure. still have something that that other person needs, which is the ability to have vulnerable conversations and and talk about what's real in your life. So, I know that it's difficult for me at care group when there's like a bunch of new people there, and usually when there's a larger setting, I don't talk as much as in a smaller setting mostly because that the core uh, care group that I go to now with Logan has been there since I started. And I know that it's pretty difficult for me to just like discuss those kinds of things with just anybody. Like if there's a new person there, I'm like, cool, welcome. But also I'm not going to go into my past relationships with church and stuff like that while they're there. Mm-hmm. Until maybe at least the third care group, it's like a requirement. Got to spend thing. some time. Got to spend yeah, some time with definitely. them. Definitely. See if they're see if they're safe. <laughs> Got to test again, the waters. Kitty pool. Kitty pool. Kitty pool. Kitty pool. <laughs> let's let's talk about micro and macro. Sure, that's vulnerability. Good. Yeah. Um, 
I think this is where we'll we'll end because we already, we talked about trauma's impact a little bit. Yeah, we did, um, and we we talked a little bit about boundaries, but boundaries will probably come into this also. So I was thinking the other day, there's a difference between. I don't know if this is an actual term or not, and I still haven't looked it up because the other day was yesterday, about like, I don't know, 24 hours ago. So I just haven't gotten around to it. But I'm going to look this up and see if micro and macro vulnerability is an actual term. If it's not, it should be, I think. It sounds like it should be. It should be. It sounds very smart. It does Um, sound smart. If I don't say so myself. But uh, the concept that I'm trying to get across here is that you've got like vulnerability on a uh, large scale of, say, like um, me preaching from stage, right? I have to show a certain amount of vulnerability with everybody that I'm addressing, right? Um, This is maybe social media. Um, This is maybe just a care group, whatever the the larger group setting, right? Yep. Versus micro vulnerability, which would be a much smaller, close knit, one on one, one on you know maybe me and five guys or whatever you know whatever the the smaller group, um, you know a a spouse, uh, something like that, that you you're going to have a different like the vulnerability is going to take a different shape, the accountability, the the openness and transparency is going to be different and needs to be different, right in order to be healthy. Um, like I can't share, um, or I should, I, I, I can't, I, I shouldn't say I can't, I shouldn't share the same stuff with my best friends. Um, or I, I shouldn't share the same stuff on stage that I would be willing to share with my best friends. Yeah. yeah. Right. Or, you know, this is, you know, like you were saying with care group, um, like you're not like when there's new people there and the group's just forming and stuff like it's it's not it's that macro level of, yeah, we need to be transparent and vulnerable. But that's that also entails saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Definitely. Not saying not like lying or hiding things, but just saying, nope, there's a boundary there. Like and that's not we're not going there. Um, and that's a healthy boundary. And I think your response in that situation is, is very actually healthy. Sure. Like there's, there's nothing and that's actually a good thing. And I think some of the, this is my impression in the church world in the last, I don't know, five, six years, I've noticed it. There has been a huge like vulnerability and accountability and stuff. They, they kind of become buzzwords. Mm. Like, it's become a, 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 I don't want to call it a fad, but it's become, you know, the, the popular thing, right? We want to talk about this and we want to be about this. And we got to, you know, especially with Brene Brown, like bless her heart, but she made vulnerability like this, this term that everybody wanted to talk about and use. <clears throat> um, and so we can, we can hound on that and not teach it and and i think it can actually do some damage sometimes because right. if if i try to be vulnerable and just bare my soul to everybody and their dog 
Including the dog. Including the dog and definitely the betta fish. The dog is probably the safest one. The dog is probably the safest. And the fish. And the fish. I don't know. Like, there's like five of glug, them. Glug. They might talk behind your back. They might. Who knows? I don't know. The, the dog would kiss you. The, That's why the I have them separated. The, the fish <laughs> are separated because they can't talk then. That's terrible. No, beside the point, we're getting derailed. Uh, like if I bear my soul to everybody that I come and meet, then the it's it's not that's not healthy vulnerability no um and i think a lot of times that can actually be a way to hide right because i can i can make a a big show of being yeah very open very vulnerable you've you've seen this on social media like people will throw out their like everything in their you know you you know these people they post everything right and the the thing there is that they're not they're throwing out things that they they're they're looking for emotion they're looking for an emotional response but they're not actually bearing their whole soul i don't no. think i i don't think they are most still a very controlled narrative oh yeah and what they and it's the look at my vulnerability for. over yeah. here but i'm really hiding things they're they're looking for that, that kind of attention in order to fill sure. that other thing sure. and I personally think that just saying save it for your therapist, uh, just the larger stuff that you can't <laughs> share in front of everybody, just save it for your therapist. And I don't know if that's harsh, but there, there's bit, there's, but definitely, like there's definitely there's <laughs> definitely uh, too much that you can share at one time to a large group of people. And it's not it's not it's not the same as sharing it authentically with a person. Yeah. Like if you should want to share it. Yeah, it's so the the macro versus micro is the setting up healthy boundaries of what am I going to tell you know what am I going to talk what am I willing to talk with what level of vulnerability am I comfortable with on this stage of people uh, or this this with this group of people with this number of people versus am I willing to actually go deep with the people that are very close to me in my life on that micro level um and and setting up those healthy boundaries i think that's absolutely necessary um and and it's not once again this is not saying like oh you gotta hide stuff but you could say like nope that's just not that's not something that needs to be shared even if you're with someone and you need to talk about something and there might be something that you don't want to or you're not ready to discuss, you could be like, I have more to say, but I just don't want to share it now. Sure. Which is good to let them know, oh, they have other things going on. Give them some time. And that helps set that boundary so you're not walking a line or someone else isn't forcing you uh, to cross it. Which definitely goes back to your the BRAVE, uh, not analogy, acronym. Acronym BRAVING, yeah. Yeah, BRAVING. Um, Of the, you know, the, the first one right off the gates there is boundaries. Right. Like you got to have those and they got to be healthy. Right. And again, the goal, you know, is to, if we're using First John as, as the template of why we pursue vulnerability and honesty is so that we could come into the light, mm-hmm. really be known, uh, really be valued for who I am, even in the midst of the fact that I've, I've got some brokenness, I've got some things I'm working through, some things I've got to figure out in my life. 
Sure. Um, oh, by the way, you, you have that too, uh, whether you want to admit to that or not. Um, but we come, we come together and there's this process of cleansing and forgiveness that takes place and we come better. Mm -hmm. We become better. It's not to, it's not to wallow in the pain. It's not to, you know, let everybody know how bad our lives are, you know, so that we could kind of, you know, suck the sucky pill forevermore. And because it's not, it's not always like you you shouldn't just be sharing trauma. Like we focus like, like vulnerability is also like, Nope, it should be the good stuff too. Right. Like, it should be that aspect. If your relationship yeah. is only talking about the suck in your life, yeah. check I, yourself before you wreck yourself. That's all I'm going to say on that. Check your heart. You Little John Christ. <laughs> you, you, you definitely have to find that balance between micro and macro mm. on sharing. I know... For me personally, I tend to just stay on that micro level with almost everybody, mm. which can be unhealthy uh, when there's Meaning that like setting. that you're just not... That I'm not open not. to okay. talking about most of my trauma, at, especially like before this year. Sure. Like if you tried to talk to me a year ago about things that were going on, I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. I was like, don't worry about it. I'm okay. And then now you you would be able to sense it more. It, it sounds bad when I say that I've cried a lot this year, but it's all like, it's all the good cries mm. that, that I need to mm. get out. Healing cries. C- healing cries. Yeah. A lot of healing we need cries. Those. Yeah. I refuse. Do you need a hug? <laughs> no. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's good, good conversation. Good yeah. stuff. Be authentic. Well, I mean that and that's we're called to that. That's what if we're gonna be a community that is going to really live this out, it will it will tell a different story. Because this is not this is not something that everybody sees on a daily basis. This is not what our society looks like. Right. No. Our society is constantly looking to tear people down to build themselves up, right? This yeah. is what we look for. Yeah. And if we're going to be a community of of believers that are going to live authentically, it's going to look a whole lot different. It's going to sound a whole lot different. And I think that that's going to be an attractive aroma to people. I think that's going to be something because at our core, people really do crave authentic relationship. Like They do. Tell tell me that you really don't want to have a friend that's really there for you. Like, I don't believe you. Yeah, we see so many people come through our doors that are lonely and and um, you know kind of isolated. And we can all be lonely together. <laughs> Let's be lonely together, <laughs> or change it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. or, or no, I, we're all going to be lonely and isolated together. <laughs> that's very healthy. It sounds an amazing plan, and not. Back, it's not gonna back. Well, I'll be our all. little beta fish in our separate, our separate little tanks. Oh, it's so good. Oh lord. <laughs> and a good thing to remember too is that vulnerability is a test, not just for yourselves, but a test before God and a test before Ooh. people around you. Um, and I know that everybody has vulnerabilities, and everybody needs to be vulnerable. Uh, 
either in front of people or just in front of God. Mm. There's mm. that for you, Logan. Oh, uh, that is, you know, I knew, I knew we brought you in on this one for a good reason. <laughs> That's good stuff. That is good maybe, stuff. Maybe right this there. is why I agreed so quickly. Maybe I needed to talk. Oh man, look at that! Look at you go. She's gonna go home and have a healthy cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that Sunday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on another episode. We will see you on the flip side. Peace. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.